For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. And by the way, that opening clip that we played was a report uh, online done by Nikki Swift um, just about this helicopter crash. And uh, Kobe Bryant was 41 um, at the time of his death and his daughter, Jayana, was 13. But let's start off the show by looking back at what happened uh, with the Proteas over the four-match test series against uh, England. I mentioned that they were crushed inside four days by 191 runs by England today after being set a world record, what would have been a world record, 466 runs to win. I think the um, highest uh, chased score is 418 so 466 would have been the first time and uh, they were balled out for 274. There was a glimmer of hope especially when Faf Duplessis and Rassi van der Dessen were at the crease in the morning they put on 92 for the third wicket Rassi top scoring with 98 just too short of a maiden uh, test 100 and then um, Faf Duplessis fell Rassi, du- Rassi van der Dessen then followed him and then the rest of the week has just crumbled there. There was a cameo from Temba Bavuma he made 27 with 6 fours and um uh, there was also 39 from Quentin de Kock, but that was about it as the Proteas batsman once again crumbled. So we put a call through to former Proteas coach Eric Simmons. He couldn't join us live. He had other uh, commitments, uh, but we did a pre-recorded interview with him. And I began by asking him, where could the problem be? Where did things go wrong? Can you pinpoint one specific matter or are there a number of areas of concern? Um, no, it's pinpoint one exact spot. Um, I, I do think the batters have uh, struggled through, through the series. To, to, I mean, you, you go to series, there's not a hundred score that, that is a concern. Couldn't the clock obviously is shining light and the way it's gone about. For him to end up as leading run scorer for the series from both teams is quite an achievement when he's started struggling as much. But um, if, if, you, if you had to hire one spot, I would say um, not having been able to score more runs in, in situations and, and in particular getting leading clusters of wickets uh, on, on a few occasions. And and what would be the issue with the batsmen? Is it because there are new guys coming in? Some are saying it's a team in, in transition, or is it just a poor choice of shorts? I never like to use this thing of of, of team in transition. I know it's something we use a lot in, yeah. in sport, now, but you know, at the end of the day, one one would like to believe that South Africa's got enough strategic planning over the years to make sure that people are. You know, we know people are going to retire. We know. Um, that guys are going to leave and one would think that the system is um, making sure guys will really take their places. So, yes, it is a yes, it is a, a, a lot of new guys, but I think it's a, it's a combination of, of them being new guys, but also of, um, of of all the guys as a group not being quite as up to the game on the game as they could be. So if you look at England, they are two very young open batsmen. They've got Pope in the middle order that's young. Denny's only played a few test matches. He's an older guy. He played a few matches, test matches. So very similar to us, you know, um, in terms of some of the, the, the new guys coming in or, or the unsettled guys. But, but because they had stoke scoring runs, because they had, you know, maybe root scoring runs, because of the senior guys were scoring runs, they were able to bat around them. So I, I, I think it would be wrong to just say that because you'd be up against the England side that were in a very similar situation. So to me, it really comes down to the fact that we. We, we never played with freedom. We always seemed to lack confidence. And it was not being able to find an answer to that was the biggest problem. Yeah. And I guess, Coach, it doesn't help when the captain is off form. How crucial was it for him to get runs in this series? Or, or has there been an over-reliance on Faf? It, it, it's, 
It's always nice to have a good run. You know, to be the team leader for his own good, for his teammates, it, it's just a good thing when the captain's on form and he's playing with confidence. Um, so it, it is disappointing. I think there were a lot of issues around um, the captaincy and the leadership and conversations that didn't help with the, uh, the team generally with, with where they were and where their focus was. From that perspective, it probably wasn't ideal. So it would have been nice for him to get runs, but um, you know, it's not—it's not essential. He's just one of—he's just one of six or seven batsmen. So um, it would be nice for him to He's our most senior batsman. Um, with Quinn the clock, I suppose, um, in terms of experience. So it would have been great if he could have got some runs. The other question, just going back to the talk about transition, is that most of the new guys in this Prostias team are in their 30s. I mean, Peter Malan, Dane Peterson, Rassi also. What, what can we read from these coaches? Is it a lack of succession planning, or are the youngsters not doing enough in domestic cricket? Yeah, it's interesting because you listen to Graham Smith, he's now been named as director of cricket. I know it's been coming. He's talking, he just spoke on, on television the one day, and the, and the biggest job that he feels he has is not specifically the Proteus, but also the system. That, that develops players, and um, it, it is a good point to make. It is it is probably a little bit of a concern that, that so many of the guys that are sort of coming into the side are of that age. It does happen in cricket, and and many have been successful with guys mature and older age. But it would be nice to to have a problem where you don't know, you know, who to leave out rather than who to select. And I just think there aren't enough players within the system saying, you know, I'm scoring fifty, I'm, I'm averaging fifty, I'm averaging sixty, or I'm, I'm taking wickets um, regularly, and you have to pick me. So I, I just think. And unfortunately, that the, the, the first place we have to go and look is at the system and what sort of players are we producing. The management team will also come under scrutiny now. Firstly, what were your thoughts, Coach, when Mark Boucher was appointed? Because people questioned his credentials and his experience, basically. Um, yeah, look, I, I suppose you know we don't have an obvious coach um, within the system with, with huge international coaching experience. And there's no doubt that coaching uh, domestically and coaching internationally are two different things. So I suppose what they did is would go for sort of let's call it the next best thing, which is an in, in, a, a, a domestic coach that has got international playing experience and these studies been there. So it was sort of trying to trying to balance it out. But I, you know, I think you know from Mark's perspective as well, he he does know the game very well. It does take a long time for you to settle into into your, into a role to get to know the players. Is one of the first things you have to do as. Uh, as a coach, is to get understand your players, and that does take time. So hopefully, um, that this is the terms where you've been able to do that and learn something about them and can take them forward. In the ideal world, probably you know, getting somebody that's maybe coached one or two international teams that's got a lot of experience that brings that that confidence, stability, and knowledge to our setup would have been good. Given the fact that our team was not in a great place, but um, I'm not sure who that person was or or, or if they could have found it, but uh, a short space of time. A lot of eyebrows were raised when, 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 when Mark Boucher said he wasn't aware that Kakhisorabada had demerit points leading up to that game um, in uh, PE. Is, is that a sign of inexperience or is that a job of, for a team manager to let the coach know about the disciplinary record? I suppose it's I suppose it's it's a it's a management team that, that aren't used to working together. You know, that's you know, that's the second test match they've been together. Um, you know, as I said, it's, it's a very different animal when you when you're managing a domestic team and you manage an international team. So it's a lesson that he'll learn, and, and I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll um, make sure that those kind of things are covered. And that you know, it, it's it's you're, 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 it's not just a playing team. You're a management, the management group, the managers who um, 
the, the director of cricket, um, the physios, all those guys form another team within a team, and uh, that relates, those relationships will also be building. Yeah. And um, I'm sure now that that is an, an experience that he would have taken away from this because obviously it's important. Well, it is important, but you know it's important that they do know those little things as well. But as I said, it's, it's a learning experience for him as well. Looking at the positives, what can the management take out of this series? Um, there are a few individuals. I think they just stand up. I suppose the, the standout performer for me was Andres Nokia. I think he bowled well throughout the series, and not just um, you know we've always known he's got some very good pace, but I think he's he's grown as a as a tactical uh, bowler. Um, it was good to see him starting to to bowl with with with, with clear tactics and 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 put balls in areas and and work batsmen out. To me, that was was important. Rashid van der Dussen, I mean, he was he was he shown glimpses. He played really well today. Milan is showing what he can do. I do think he needs to develop some more shots. I'm not sure that him and, and, and Dean Alga will, can form a partnership. One of them has to be able to play more shots and be more aggressive in the way that they go, that they go about things. I think that's very important. Um, I was I was impressed with Dave Patterson. Uh, he didn't have a great test in Port Elizabeth, but he came back really well in this one. And again, as a, as a coach, I don't always just look at the figures. You know, Bjorn Hendrick got five and he bowled very well. But um, in many ways, if I just look at, at what the player actually did, I think Dane Patterson stood out for me in terms of the way that he went about his, his job and where he bowled. So he stood out. And obviously, Bjorn getting five is great. And I think he learned a lot from it as well. So there are some positives. And if you look at this test match, if you step back and, look, and just look at in, in, in without emotion that we, we were very poor on the, first, on the first morning. We gave 100 runs away for no wicket with, with some very soft tactics. And then, and then with their tenth wicket, you know, I'm not sure the tactics are right, but allowing them to score 85 runs, and those two sessions cost us massively. Other than that, um, we competed. Yes, we, we, we were 80 odd for six, or so lost those wickets quickly when we batted first. But I still think it leads from the fact that they were 400. If they 320, then the game's different because they should be bowled for about 320, 330 runs. Then the game's different. So when you step back and, and take the emotion out, those are two areas we were bad. In between, there were some really good things. So there are a few individuals, and you know, as I always say in the press, you're not as good as the, as the, t- as the press say you are, but you're also not as bad as they sometimes say you are. And you have to find a, a happy medium for yourself that you, you feel, uh, you, you, have, you make honest assessments of, of where you are as a team, as an individual. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Those, are the, those were the comments of former Proteus coach and all-arounder coach uh, Eric Simmons. They're talking to us about uh, basically what he thinks uh, went wrong in the with the Proteus over the four-major test series there against uh, England. And he made a few uh, interesting points, and we're going to hear from Alvira Peterson also. But let's quickly go to Cape Town. That's where we find Colin. Colin, uh, uh, good evening. I know you've been watching the cricket. What's your scorecard? Hello, Colin. Good evening. How are you, Davisha? Fine, thanks. And you, Colin? Ah, oh, yeah. What disappointing. I was, uh, you know, for most of the morning, I was so happy. You know, listening to the cricket, watching the cricket, in and out. But anyway, what disappointed me, what, uh, on 98, Yeah. you're going to make your maiden century. You know what I mean? You did all the hard work. Don't these youngsters get told or taught? Look here, when you come to the 90s, they called nervous 90s. He must have had butterflies. But I mean, I expected him to get that 100 with a single or another single. And so once he's got his 100, excitement is over, go for it. And you know something? 
Consolidation. We know nothing about consolidating. Mm. When one falls, you can guarantee five balls later the other one falls. And you've got your two top partners. Where are your people training these youngsters? And well, I wouldn't call them youngsters. I, I, I would say they, they should be uh, once they come out of first class, they are professional, sort of. You know what I mean? Yes, and I mean... You know what I mean? Uh, it makes me sick, and it's happened time and again, time and again. And I listen to Alvera talk on the radio. I, listen, uh, I even listen to his commentating. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know where we are going to, man. Yeah, yeah no, and... Yeah. And it wasn't the first time in in this series that the poor short short making, like Colin is saying, has let the team down. I know Faf admitted, I think it was in Cape Town, where he said maybe he shouldn't have played that shot. Quentin de Kock also played a loose shot when the team needed him to just uh, grind it out. And Russell van der Dessen, like Colin said, I was there at the Wanderers this morning. He was looking so good on 98, had survived a, a, an earlier review. His home ground, you thought he would go all the way there and get that 100. And I guess it's a rush of blood, as they say, uh, those who have played um for those who have played the game they always talk about a rush of blood but let's hear from another man who's played the game thanks for that call uh, uh, colin i know you love your cricket alvira peterson joins us on the line alvira good evening thanks for speaking to us again on safm good evening it's always nice to chat to you guys is it hard to take any positives from a performance like this one in this fourth test match are there any positives for you well i think the positives are that um the bowling, I think uh, from a bowling point of view, the bowlers have done okay. You know, there were a couple of five-wicket hauls. Mm. Um, and from a batting point of view, I think South Africa has really struggled, not just in this series, um, but certainly in the last year or two. And that is to score hundreds. Now, the currency in test cricket is about scoring hundreds and scoring big hundreds, building big partnerships, getting first innings uh, scores of over 350, That's how you're going to that's how you're going to win games and that's how you're going to set games up. And I think um, England outplayed South Africa, but also I think there was a lot of softness. Before we take a closer look at that betting lineup, uh, Alviro, uh, a lot's been said about Faf losing the toss on a regular basis. How much weight does a toss hold? And can we always go back to the toss when, when the results don't go your way? No, I don't think you can do that. Um, you know, uh, unless you play in. Uh, Perhaps India, where you know the ball's going to spin, but even even so, um, you know you still have to play good cricket. And uh, South Africa has actually shown in the first test where they lost the toss and they won that game. Mm. Um, yes, England England was perhaps a bit under the weather, but still you have to play good cricket. You have to get yourself in the game. And uh, South Africa also lost the toss um, at Newlands. And they bowled England out for just over 260. Mm-hmm. Um, but then South Africa had an opportunity. Until that shot from from Dean Argo, which somehow was probably the the turning point, not just in the match but also in the series. Let's take a closer look now at that batting, Alvira, with your help here as a former test opening batsman. Peter Marlan got his chance after a weight of runs in domestic cricket. Has he done enough now to keep his place? Well, I think the, it, it's still up there in the air, you know, to. Well, for everyone to say, well, I, he should be there. But what he has shown is he has shown that he's got composure. He understands his game well. Um, he would have learned that test cricket is very hard. It's not like first-class cricket. And also the level of first-class cricket in South Africa has probably gone down a bit. So, you know, you can't really measure from that point of view. Uh, that 84 um, at Newland, he played quite beautifully. And, 
And when that happened, uh, I thought a lot of people, including myself, said that this could be the one. You know, this could be the opener that South Africa wants. Um, and also just to put pressure on the other openers like Markram, etc. Yeah. Um, but I do feel that he needs a score to really start um, start earning his place and cementing his place in the team. So uh, what does it mean for the West Indies? Does it mean Aiden comes back or do you look at other guys scoring runs in domestic cricket also like Saral Ervier and Eddie Moore? I don't think there'll be big changes for the West Indies. I think it will be the same sort of players, um, perhaps bar one, one or two guys that will come in. But I do feel that uh, Keegan Peterson will um, will probably get a go. Um, Callis, the batting consultant, quite like him. He highly rates him as a batsman. Mm-hmm. Um, Markram has come back as well. So, um, you know, Fab Duplessis might even call time before the West Indies. Who knows? We, mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen. But, I mean, those are the two sort of batsmen that will be in the mix at this stage. Number three also seems to be a problem now. Zubair Hamza didn't look good in this series. Uh, Faf doesn't want, doesn't seem to want a better three. Is Rasif under Dessen the solution? Well, with his 98 today, I think he's, <laughs> the, uh, he's probably earned himself a couple of games at that, in that position, certainly for West Indies, and I think South Africa will stick with him at number three. Um, and it's all about, uh, you know, getting the other guys around. So, so deciding who will open with Dean Aga. Um, Fav Duplessis will probably stay at four, Quinton at five, Demba at six. So, yeah, not a lot will change. What needs to change mm-hmm. is the guys need to perform because, you, you know, we, we can we can throw the excuse around it's a young team. But if mm-hmm. we look at the guys, Fav Duplessis, Dean Auger, Demba Bavuma's got 100, Quinton de Kock's got 100. These guys know how to score 100. They just haven't done it in the last sort of 12 months. Yeah, I actually saw a stat by Hussein Manak who was saying that it was the first time, I think, I don't know since when, uh, that there's not been a centurion for the Proteas in two consecutive home test series. And uh, I want to try and find and find that tweet and see how far it goes back. But let's go. Yeah, to I f- think it's over 100 years. Over years. I thought so. Over <laughs> 100 years. Unbelievable. Yeah. Let's just go through a few voice notes here, Alviro. Hi, member. Um, Zico Smith, all the way from Macau. Member, what a terrible series we just have. You know, losing 3-1 to England on our home soil, with only one player outperforming the rest. Like we we cannot cannot only rely on Quentin Dukok. Except for Quentin Dukok, who showed up from our bowling to our field in the whole series. Yes, we've got some bowlers who did get uh, five wickets, five wickets, five wickets, but they were ne- they were never good. We were never good. You know, checking on this Wanderers game, you like you will think that uh, those two teams were playing on the two different pitches. England was so clinical. Whatever that they were doing from bowling to batting, they were so perfect. And then in came the Proteas. You will think that's like no, this is not the very same pitch that England was playing on. We were never good, and it's like it's a disaster. Believe you me, it is a disaster. It doesn't look good going forward. I don't see even hope. There's no hope here. This like squad, they just need to be. I don't, I don't know what must be done to them, but this one it doesn't look good at all. Thank you, member. Chubby, so we're not surprised. In fact, I'm not surprised by the events that happened in Wanderers today. This was a pound, pound happening. I have been talking about this arrogant captain of the of the of the Proteas, where they never to tell the nation that Bavuma 
was not fit enough and look what the guy has done for on his on the team as a captain and also he did not do well he had a time here to 179 balls only to get 36 so i think it is about time a csa in this country to make a plan to develop our sport and also give up and coming youngsters a chance to play for the national team otherwise will be a laughing stock of the cricket in the world like the west indies or other countries who were once great so i think it's about time to build this team uh, thank you easy to learn from what Okay, Tulani, thanks for that. Maybe we'll pick it up from there, Alvira. There's a big question mark once again over Fav. Firstly, some were saying that he's chickening out at betting at number three and uh, he put Rasif under Dessen at three. Is that criticism justified? Well, I think as, as, as a captain, um, and um, if you look at where he scored all his runs, it was at that number four, number five position. So, um, you know, I, I understand the criticism and, and, and a lot of people, perhaps including myself, also want Spaktupasi to go up and take responsibility. But I do feel that um, you, you need to look at your, your better players and the, the best batsman in South, Africa, in South African team at the moment is Dean Aga, Spaktupasi and Quentin de Kock. Those guys should bat in the position that they feel they'll score runs, obviously in consultation with the management. So um, uh, I, I can understand what the caller is saying, but also I think uh, Faf is probably in the right position. Remember, for a long time he batted at number five, so for him to come in at number four is, a, is, a, is one step in the right direction already. Has he done enough to lead the team in the West Indies? Well, that's the question. That, that is a big question. Um, but also the, the the problem that uh, the problem that that's there is that is there anyone else that's better than him? Because remember, twelve months ago, Hashimamla didn't play that well, and everyone said Hashimamla must go. How do we miss Hashimamla now, just in terms of experience, etc.? So um, you know that's the big question that we probably have to ask ourselves: Is there anyone better? Yeah, another big question is uh, Temba Bavuma once again fell to fire after ending his place on the back of that 180 for the Lions. Firstly, Alviro, was that single knock of 180 good enough to get him back into the team? Well, it was, it, it was because you know, they, um, the management said, score, go, go back to franchise cricket, go score runs. He's done that. So he's done what, what he was asked to do. Mm. The difference is first-class cricket and test cricket, they worlds apart. And you can you will only understand it if you've played at that sort of level, um, and and Temba knows that. Has he done enough to go to the West Indies? Yeah, I think so. I think he's done enough. Um, you know, he perhaps he needs another couple of opportunities, but I would like to see him bat up the order. Batting at number six, you know, it's it's, it's almost like a a nothing position. You know, mm. you need you need him to go up there, take responsibility. Um, and, and not come in at number six. Number six is for, generally for young players. And what would have been the thinking to have Quinton bet ahead of him in both innings here at the Wanderers? Well, I think South Africa identified that Quinton is one of the better players. In fact, he's the best batsman in South Africa at the moment. And they need to find, they need to bat him as high as possible. But, but at the same time, they also need to make sure that they don't overburden him with his load. And I think they probably came up that number five is almost that in-between position and, and that he, he can do well there. I mean, Quentin can open the batting. He, 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 for his whole life, he used to open the batting anyway. So um, it was just about trying to, to work out his workload, I suppose. Okay, let's go to another voice note.
Remember, there's an issue of um, our squad being young when actually people are debuting at 30, 33 and so on. Why not throw in the young guys there uh, so that they learn? We know they have a future, even if they they were to stumble like um, Abu Malan did at their age. Um, then you'd still know uh, they will have time to learn rather than we've been starting with Cook, um, trying uh, Hamza and, uh, and so on. Those are debutants, but we are very, very old. Yeah, good point there. I think England had the younger squad. I mean, Sam Curran, I think, was 21. There was Dom Sibley. There was Zach Crowley there in their early 20s. And our guys were debuting in their 30s. I asked this to Eric Simons, Alviro. What can we read from this, that the fact that the guys coming into the national team setup are already in their 30s? Is, is, does it go back to what you were talking about, about the domestic cricket? Well, I think, uh, you know, when Australia was so, so good um, in the era, they used to have... They used to have guys debuting in the late 20s and 30s, um, you know, because then you, you understand your game, first of all. And so it's not just showing promise, but it's having the record and um, tons and tons of runs behind you. And I think South Africa is trying to go that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about the all-rounder role? Has Dwayne Pretorius filled that role or is it still up for grabs for you? Well, in my opinion, it's up for grabs because, you know, Dwayne Pretorius hasn't really made a mark in terms of the he hasn't really made a mark in terms of the bowling so um, that, that's always going to be the question South Africa go for you know someone that can do a little bit of this a little bit of that um, whereas in the past um, if you look at all-rounders you know South Africa used to have Callis which is obviously a world-class all-rounder and then you have Philander who's bowling is more of a bowling all-rounder but you, you don't quite know where Dwayne Pretoria is, is classified. Is he a batting all-rounder? Is he a bowling all-rounder? You first need to, you know, do a, do a lot more work for him to try and cement that place. And also, um, the management team. Now, you've mentioned Carlos. I mean, Mark Boucher, the new uh, coach, they'll also come under the microscope now. Uh, would you say you've seen anything different under the new coaching staff? Anything uh, positive or is it too early to judge? I think it's a bit too early to judge because, you know, we've seen the, the same sort of stuff. Um, uh, so I think we need to give them some time. Um, but also, you know, South Africans, they want instant uh, success <laughs> and instant uh, results, which is understandable. That's why it's hard on a guy like Enoch Nkwe to be judged on three test matches. Yeah. So now, Alvira, the big question is that what needs to happen to get South African cricket back to the uh, top again, you know? I think that it needs to be a, a whole system overhaul. Unfortunately, you, you can't change a few things here and there. It needs to be a whole system overhaul. The South African AT must play more games because you're trying to bridge the gap for, between franchise cricket and international cricket. So the AT needs to play a lot more games. They need to tour a lot more. Perhaps South Africans, uh, instead of just selecting one squad, they can select two squads and know that those guys are the, the next generation of players and, and let them tour, let them play. Um, you know, so in England does it well. They're 18, play a lot of games and they tour a lot. And, and these, those guys know that they have um, individual development plans. South Africa needs to come up with something like that. Are you surprised that the batsmen performed so poorly even with Jacques Callis around? You would think they would take a leaf out of his book. 
Well, you see, ultimately, ultimately, the coach can say you need to do this X, Y, and Z, but it's up to the player to take it on board and also to have the skill to execute that. So Callis was obviously a legend. He would um, a ball that pitch in one place. He he could hit it in three different areas, whereas perhaps another batsman in the, in the current age can only do one. You know, so that becomes difficult as well. So it's about understanding. Coaching is about understanding the player, not about what you've done in the past. And finally, one other thing that was picked up by the people watching today's game was that after the defeat, the Proteus players were giving each other high fives. They were smiling. It didn't seem like they'd lost a, a test match. Can we read too much into that? Uh, others are saying the badge doesn't mean that much to them. Well, I, I, wouldn't want, um, I wouldn't want to read too much into that, but I also wouldn't want it to be a situation where it's being taken for granted. So, you know, I've, uh, I'm a proud former former player and I'm sure there are a lot of proud players out there um, and we need to we need to first of all respect that badge and know that when we put that shirt on we rep- you don't just represent yourself and your family you represent a whole nation and uh, and and that's what comes with that badge and on Twitter Caesar says our bowlers don't have the necessary skills to put the opposition under pressure and stick to their line and lengths for a prolonged period of time. Uh, is, do you agree with that? Do you have any concerns with the bowling? I don't really have a, a lot of concerns with the bowling. I've got more, more of a concern with the batting. Um, mm. You know, if, if, yes, you need to take 20 wickets and our bowlers have done reasonably well. Um, it's just that you need to back it up with the batting as well. Okay, Alvira, always a pleasure talking to you. Great work on TV. Thanks uh, uh, for speaking to us on SAFM. Thank you. Thank you. That's a former pro tier, of course. Uh, opening batsman, Alvira Peterson, there just giving us his views. A lot of people are not happy with the batting. It seems like the batting has let the team down, but the character also. Uh, if you're going to be giving yourselves, and, and the pride in of, of the badge, I mean, if you're going to be giving yourselves a high five, guys, I was there. I saw them giving themselves a high five after the game. It's just doesn't look right to us watching on TV who are suffering after a defeat. And on uh, Facebook, someone says, uh, Elia Rose says, oh, it's a Twitter, sorry. Oh, I've read this. He says that uh, the protests have been dismal over the past 24 months. After this break, we're going to remember the great and the late uh, Kobe Bryant.